Blog Talk Radio. Hello, welcome to Snake Oil Radio here on Blog Talk Radio. Thanks for joining me today. This is your host, Jim Ventura. Uh, if it's your first time tuning into our show, let me give you a little bit of information on me and take a couple minutes on that, and then we'll kind of dive forward into our show today. Um, I am a professional navigational consultant which means my expertise is in a number of different areas, including astrology and numerology, tarot, animal cards, runestones. I work with all kinds of different oracles, have a home-based business here in lovely, warm Phoenix. Um, And I do sessions with people in office as well as by phone. Anyone interested in any appointment information, go to my website, jimventura.com, and you can get some information on all that good stuff. Also a published author and a blog columnist. Um, I do a monthly column called Snake Oil that I've been doing since 2003. If you're not already getting my monthly newsletter, email me at VenturaSag at Yahoo.com to get added to the monthly mailing list newsletter. And, uh, always, and when you, if you do email me to get added to the mailing list, include your birthday because I do a birthday promotion every year too that you'll probably want to be included in on as well. So... Uh, been doing this type of work for many, many years now. I've been doing the radio show for a couple of years as well, too. Uh, I've got a number of different formats that we use when I do snake oil shows. We generally do about three shows each month, sometimes four. Um, beginning of each month, I do a live column read, and we talk a bit about um, my column in some more detail. Um, once a month, sometimes twice a month, I do an astrology update show, which is what we're doing today talk to you about that in just a minute here, and then some shows, of course, I also do uh, an interview show with interesting people that we interview that you can also call in and talk to, Um, and then some shows I just do little mini classes, little mini free classes on different subjects. Um, Just so you know, uh, you can catch any of my previously archived shows on the site and listen to them at any time also, because they all, of course, are archived on the site, and also at iTunes as well as an iPod. I'm probably saying that wrong. Anyway, uh, okay. So today's show is our astrology update show. So what we're going to do today is I'm going to update you on current astrology. We're going to talk, take about the first 20 minutes of today's 45-minute show to go into basic astrology. You know, this will give a lot of my listeners, whether you're catching the show live or later on in archives, some insight into what's going on because our astrology is going to influence us whether we like it or believe in it or not. So it's kind of good to know what we're uh, encountering here when we're, we're checking out the, uh, the, the current astrology. And then later on, about 20 minutes or so, 25 minutes into the show for the last 15, 20 minutes of the show, I'm going to take some live calls. So um, I do, this is the show where I do a little mini readings a little later on in the show. Usually I can get to three people, sometimes four, toward the end of the show and do a couple of mini readings. Um, if I don't have a lot of callers, most of the time I do, um, I will do a rune pull or an animal card pull for just about anybody who's listening to give you some insight that will probably fit if you're catching the show. So we'll do that later if we have some extra time. Uh, otherwise, I'm going to just take live calls uh, later on. And, and just so you know, I've got to keep those down to about five minutes each. I can't. I know a lot of times we want to talk long, but you know, just a quick card pull or two for a quick question or just to get a feel for what's going on energetically around you right now is what we do when we do the minis. Um, but those fun to do, and I love to do them, and we'll do as many as we can squeeze in in the last 15, 20 minutes of the show. So, okay. Anyway, so what we're doing is we're going to talk about astrology today. 
Uh, always kind of fun to give people some insight into the astrology. You know, last month's show when I did the astrology update show, I talked a bit about this Mars retrograde that we're going through. And we are still going through that Mars retrograde. I believe this is the retrograde until about May, mid-May. I think it's May 19th or so. Um, really, as we're pushing toward Gemini before Mars comes out of its retrograde in Libra. So let me give you kind of a little quick rundown of some basic astrology before we fully dive in here with all of this. Um, and uh, and then, like I said, later on, I'll open up the phone lines and we'll, we'll take some live calls. But for the first 20 minutes of the show, I'm going to kind of focus on our, local, uh, on our current astrology here. Um, so, you know, in a nutshell, one of the things I always like to explain about the planets is, is think of it this way. All the planets, the Sun, the Moon, Mercury, Venus, Mars, Jupiter, Saturn, Uranus, Neptune, Pluto. Yes, um, astronomers decided that Pluto wasn't a planet anymore, which is baloney. Um, and, uh, and, and, and the Sun and the Moon, star and satellite, respectively. But planets refer to the energy that they represent. So that's very, very key in understanding that, that, that. That's really what we're looking at here. We're looking at planetary energies and how they reflect and what they represent to us. So in our charts, the different planets mean different things. So we, 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 for instance, when people ask where your sign is, really what they're ultimately asking you is what, what your sun sign is. So if you were born today, for example, then you're an Aries in terms of your sun sign. But this astrology is more complicated. We've got moon signs, Mercury signs, Venus signs, all kinds of things going on. Everybody does. So the signs that the planets are in when you're born are kind of like the clothing that they wear. In other words, the style and the way you tend to operate in that energy. So the sun is life force vitality, where we get our inspiration, what we attempt to do to accomplish in life, to feel fulfilled. So, you know, uh, that's like if your son is an Aries, then you're meant to be a leader. You're meant to be unique. You're meant to be different. You're meant to overcome things, to, to find a way to be selfish in a positive way, meaning to help inspire people by, by taking care of your own needs and inadvertently, in some cases, also inevitably taking care of others in that process. So all the planets represent these things. What we end up kind of talking about, like, for instance, in today's show, is because the planets continue to move from sign to sign in relation to Earth's orbit, this is where we get into what we call astrological transits, meaning how the, the planets are influencing our chart, what buttons they're pushing um, for us, and that is always happening. So your natal chart is your natal chart. That's who you are. That's what you're meant to do in the way you are in this world. Um, but our transits, again, they kind of push buttons for us. They open doors. They create challenges. They, they put different things into effect and in, in, in a different way, in different play. So let's talk a bit about all these planetary energies. I kind of sidetracked here, typical Sagittarius in terms of teaching style. But uh, let's go back to looking at what I had mentioned about this Mars retrograde that we were going through because this one's pretty significant. I'm really seeing the effects of this for a lot of people. So... I want to give all of my uh, listeners a little insight into what's happening here so you guys are not feeling like you're going out of your mind during this. You know, the thing is, a retrograde planet means from Earth's orbit, it looks like it's going backwards. You know, most people are familiar at some level with Mercury retrogrades because they happen a couple of times a year for about three weeks or so, and they influence communication and information. 
Mars retrogrades only happen about every two, two and a half years or so. But when they go and it goes retrograde, it's about three months or so, um, you know, before you know, two and a half to three months that it's retrograde. So it's pretty notable in terms of how it necessarily operates. So I actually um, wrote something about this on Facebook uh, as kind of an update, and I'm going to read this to you. In fact, I just sent this to another client who's been going through some relationship stuff right now. So let me actually just read to you this little brief thing that I wrote about the Mars retrograde, and I think it will give you some insight because uh, I wrote this pretty well. I am a writer. <laughs> I'm pretty good at that kind of stuff. So here's what we wrote here about the Mars retrograde. Mars retrograde in Libra, March 1st through May 19, 2014. Mars is now moving retrograde in Libra. Typically, Mars transits to each of the 12 signs in the zodiac for about two months. When it goes retrograde, every two years or so, it will stay in a sign or signs for many months. Mars on our chart rules the masculine side of us, the things we get excited about, feel passionate about, and where we direct our energies to get things done. It also shows where we sometimes get angry, impatient, and even pissed off. The house that Mars occupies in our natal chart is where we often want it now. When it transits to a sign in house, we get a bit more assertive about that area of our lives. Retrograde Mars can get us riled up. It can also have the opposite effect, and we may feel lethargic and unmotivated. It's a time when hesitating is more likely than throwing ourselves into new endeavors. We might require more rest than usual. Some of us are more accident-prone or illness-prone, almost as if the cosmos are forcing us to slow down if we have listened to our natural impulses to take a break. It's time for regrouping, and this is important on both physical and emotional levels. We're being asked to consider where we really want to direct our energy now and in the near future. I wrote further, and that is not interesting. Okay. Libra rules balance and the part of us that wants to be diplomatic. Libra is all about our relationships with others, legal matters, justice, fairness, and doing our best to keep things even. Libra rules one-to-one relationships and negotiations. During Mars retrograde cycle in Libra, we may need to reassess our approach to these matters. Circumstances are likely to be such that we are forced to do so. We might feel some frustration or anxiety about our partnerships. That could be hesitation, caution, and a fear of taking risks about beginning or going forward with relationships or with formal negotiations and striking deals. Conflict by give and take in existing partnerships can be stimulated. Find the area in your chart that contains Libra, and you can see what house this is impacting at this time. We definitely can still get things done during a Mars retrograde. We just need to keep an even pace and to remember that the need to pull our energy back by regrouping and resting is just as important as taking action. Okay. I wrote that, and I see a couple of grammatical errors in there. Shock of shocks. I always catch that later on. Uh, but uh, overall, it's a good piece, and I think it's a good explanation for what's happening ultimately with the Mars retrograde that's going on now. Yeah, I'm seeing this really just heavily across the board. You know, a lot of people going through relationship stuff, of course, because it's in Libra. Some people going through some legal, practical issues. Again, bringing up a lot of issues about balance, about harmony. You know, so what I'm kind of suggesting is this is not really necessarily time to do anything too necessarily rash. I mean, you want to try to take action, but we need to pull back, we need to rest, we need to recuperate. Now I'm catching myself needing to nap more than usual, and trust me, I already nap plenty. So a lot of that coming into play. Um, but, you know, until Mars goes direct again in mid-May, 
again, my suggestion is not to do anything too decisive necessarily um, because you're still kind of processing to some extent. Again, it's not like we can't get things done. We just need to take a little bit of a different approach to it and to understand that this is kind of what happens when Mars goes retrograde. If you know your natal chart and you know what house Libra is contained in, this will really give you some more insight into where this is happening. You know, for me, it's in my work service house, health, body maintenance, all of these things. And I really have been reevaluating the way I'm eating and exercising. I'm... Uh, you know, I've been getting very, very busy and having to kind of pace how many appointments I take and things like that. It's bringing up a lot of issues around this for me and definitely in a good way. And it brought up some legal practical issues as well that I had to necessarily deal with. So but that to me is the sixth house. If Mars is in like your seventh house, your marriage partnership house natally, it's going to be triggering issues very much so about relationships, marriage partnerships, negotiations in that way. If it's in your second house, your money finance house, it's going to be affecting you know, financial matters, practical matters in that sense. So that's what happened with the Mars retrograde. So um, let me, uh, now we're going to start talking about the transition that's happening between Aries and Taurus that's getting ready to come up. Um, I do want to welcome everyone listening to the show. Welcome uh, IMD Witch and uh, Wipeout, people jumping in and out of my chat room here. I see you've got a couple of callers on hold already, and I will get to some calls today in just a little bit. Um, but uh, So welcome, everybody. Good to see you here, whether you're catching the show live or later on. I always appreciate my listening audience. So I uh, hope everyone's having a good day and enjoying good weather wherever you may be. We've got some beautiful weather here in Phoenix. We've got like mid-80s here. It's pretty much about as perfect as it can get except um, I had to put the air conditioning on already. Um, like it's, I left the doors and windows open at night, so it cooled down in here. But then like mid-afternoon, the AC goes on for a few hours. And I have this weird thing. I think it's my Taurus rising stubbornness about how I do not want to use the air conditioning until May. So uh, I'm being forced to uh, go against my pragmatic grains on this one because I'm not going to let it go to, you know, I'm not going to let it get up to 85 degrees in here. It's too hot. But cannot complain. The nights are still beautiful here in Phoenix. is still going down to the upper 50s. Uh, so anyway, uh, again, welcome everyone to the show. Now, we've been talking a little bit about the Mars retrograde. I mentioned that. Let me mention what else is happening here, too. We're getting ready to transition from Aries to Taurus in terms of sun movement. So, you know, at a very base level, you know, wherever Aries is in your chart is where you're independent, where you're original, where you're unique where you're selfish in a good sense, where you're able to take the bull by the horns, do what's necessary. So, you know, a lot of energy about initiating action has been surfacing. Because of the Mars retrograde in Libra, this is going to bring up, a, definitely going to bring up a couple of quandaries about what you want to do, how you want to do it, where you want to start, where you want to put your energy, and whether you can, and how this influences the people around us. But as we move into Taurus energy, which is what's happened in the next couple of days as the sun pushes its way into Taurus, you know, I always say this with humor. The symbol for Taurus is a bull, but it could also easily be a sandwich or a baked potato. And I say that with love as a Taurus rising individual. Um, you know, Tauruses, they want their security. They want their comfort. They want their ease. Tauruses is a sign that will work hard for what it gets, but it works hard so that it can rest, so that it can have security. So, you know, we say if you're a true Taurus, you want, you know, you want money in the bank. You get happy when you bought food and backup toilet paper in the house is a certain level of need for security. Taurus will work hard 
toward what it wants, but you also love your indulgence. You like eating good things. You like good food, good sex, good sleep, you know, good vacations. You know, that's a Torian element of a very, very sensual disposition. So as we, we move into this Taurus energy, most of us are going to have that very practical stimulation of looking at really where we want to create more security and more stability. We always, again, have to watch our indulgent elements when things move into Taurus, but usually that's not always necessarily a negative. Uh, and, uh, and, and it, you know, that, that, that urge to kind of stabilize that happens as the energy kind of moves into, into uh, Taurus. You know, let me mention this also, too, because it'll give you guys a lot of insight. Wherever your sun sign is, for instance, say you're also a Taurus or you're an earth sign, Virgo or Capricorn, um, Taurus energy can feel very stable because it's harmonious in terms of angles with your sun sign. So it often can actually feel good where, and also, you know, typically earth um, and water tend to flow fairly well together within reason. So if you're a water sign, also a Pisces, a, a Cancer, um, Scorpio, um, earth times tend to be fairly positive as well too. When you're a fire sign or an air sign, sometimes your earth energy can feel stuck or a little stagnant at some levels as well. So it's interesting when we look at these dynamics and how they operate in our chart in terms of where we tend to feel flow. I know for me, uh, I tend to get a lot of, as a fire sign in my sun sign, I tend to get very enthusiastic and energetic during other fire times. But I actually do like earth times because my rising sign is Taurus. So it's always kind of a time of, of security and stability for me. I always notice that business is very good for me, often during May, during Taurus time uh, as well. But then I have a higher level of wanting to kind of indulge a little bit. I want a vacation. I want to rest a little more. I want, I want that balance that comes um, as well with all of these things. So... You know, the way I would put this is if we look at where Aries and Taurus is in our chart, and just as a basic effect, you know, Aries is about initiating a beginning. Taurus has the capacity to stay around and mobile on. I mean, Taurus has the stability and the fixedness about it. And so this does, as, as the sun moves into Taurus, we will find ourselves willing to take care of the details of life in a practical kind of a way. And again, it usually does kind of bring up a lot of that energy around um, just creating security for ourselves at some level. So very important. Okay, so that said, that's the transition that we're moving into from Aries to Taurus right now. Uh, Mercury is still got another about probably two weeks or so uh, working its way through Aries. So Mercury rules how we communicate, think, and how we express ourselves. So Mercury through Aries is going to work very beneficially in giving us the motivation to kind of speak our truth, be honest, to be direct, about how we feel and how we want to do things. But by the same token, you know, we say, um, you know, Mercury pushing its way through uh, Aries can also, we have to be careful where we might get kind of impulsive um, or, or demanding at some levels as well. I mentioned, uh, and one thing I don't really talk too much about when I do these shows, I don't talk really too much about the moon in terms of its movement. And the only reason that I don't is because the moon moves from sign to sign like every two days or so. So, you know, a couple of days, in fact, we had a full moon that was in Scorpio. That was, you know, if anyone had read about this, there was a red moon that correlated with a full moon and an eclipse. So another just good piece of advice is, you know, just in terms of our own movement and activity, 
it can be a really, really good thing to remember this as a general rule of thumb. During the new moon, that's a good time to implant new ideas, to put things into motion. Uh, to, it's a good time to, to meditate on what you want to manifest and what you want to create for yourself. And then usually during the full moon, you'll find that that has either culminated to a sense of completion at some level or you've made some changes or adjustments in what you necessarily want. But that's how the cycles work. But the moon, again, because it changes sign every two or three days, I don't usually go into a lot of detail because it's more like a day or two of, of, of certain moodiness that will come up as we, as we look at lunar cycles. So I definitely think that uh, looking at the new moon, full moon process is really, really key for, for you know, putting anything into motion. Like for instance, if you're single and you think you want to start dating again, it's really good to do some meditation, some um, inner work, maybe even a vision board during the new moon cycle. And then often in a couple of weeks, that could come to fruition. You might actually meet someone or at least get insight into why you've maybe blocked this in the past or whether you really want that. So that's really a great way to understand these cyclical energies as they go through. But, yeah, but I think moon right now is probably in Sagittarius, maybe pushing its way into cap. Uh, but like I said, again, it, it, these are really minor transitions in terms of energy because they're just for a day or two for the most part. Okay, I mentioned a couple of the bridge planets, and then I'm going to start taking some calls here in a few minutes. Um, bridge planets are Jupiter and uh, Saturn. So the bridge planets are, you know, Jupiter kind of represents the part of us that's expansive and philosophical and larger than life and big. It's kind of a planet of luck, philosophy, expansion, all of the good stuff that, that Jupiter is all about, very colorful planet. And then Saturn, beautiful planet, is about restriction and caution and, and, uh, and, and moving through things slowly and pragmatically. And, you know, like Saturn in our chart is like, I would say it's like the lump of coal that you polish into a diamond. It's the thing that held you back, you worried about or had fear and anguish about when you were younger. But as you get older, it tends to be the very thing that you actually become good at and very effective at and you mature into a real success with. Uh, Jupiter in our chart, yeah, typically Jupiter, wherever sign it's in, house it's in, is going to show a lot of natural inclination toward um, where you're abundant, where you have a larger-than-life point of view. So, for instance, if Jupiter's natally in your money house, you'll have the capacity to often make money. If it's in your third house of communication, you'll often become a teacher or someone who enjoys learning uh, in that process. If it's in your uh, if it's in your uh, romance, risk-taking, fifth house of play, you'll often be very creative, very naturally. You'll often be very optimistic in romance and play matters and things relating to risk-taking in the most positive sense. So it's always interesting to look at where Jupiter is natally. Now, Jupiter's transit-wise is actually going through Cancer. I mentioned this on a previous show. Jupiter will stay in a sign for about a year and a half, year to year and a half, Jupiter through Cancer means a lot of expansion around family, um, our sense of nurturing, how we are nurtured right now. We're often being pushed to look at that part of our life, about how we accept and receive nurturing and caretaking from others, how we care for others. It can definitely indicate changes within a family, generally positive for the most part. Uh, Saturn has been transiting to Scorpio for the last year and a half or so, and now it's retrograde in Scorpio mentioned this a little bit in a couple of previous shows if you caught them that Saturn through Scorpio 
was going to create a lot of harsh effects for people that were doing things that were not, mm, I hate to say morally because I don't like that word, ethically correct. Saturn and Scorpio creates kind of the effect of if you do something that's a little dark or wrong or bad, it's often exposed rapidly or quickly in some ways. Uh, we're seeing a lot of this outwardly in society, you know, every, you know, even the whole, I know the whole Chris Christie uh, scandal about the bridge thing came to surface and, you know, uh, whatever side of the fence you are on that, I don't get too political on my shows. Um, you know that he kind of got caught at some level, um, whether he was consciously on it or just closed his eyes to it at some level. But I brought that to surface at some levels. We're seeing a lot of that as uh, as Saturn uh, kind of transits, especially retrograded Scorpio, because it's bringing up a lot of these past issues again for us personally as well too. Really looking at how we use our powers to manipulate and influence people, and that's what Scorpio energy is about. Again, think of the word manipulation isn't necessarily a bad thing because we can manipulate people in a good way. We can help them. We can heal them. You know, a chiropractor manipulates someone's back. That's not a bad thing. So there's good manipulation, and then there's darker manipulation, which is what I think the Scorpio energy is about as it transits and moves its way through uh, uh, Scorpio in its, in its retrograde motion. Uh, okay, let me take a couple of comments here from my chat room, and then I'm going to start taking some calls here since we've got some time. Okay, let's see. Uh, MD Witch is writing, Jupiter's in your eighth house. All right. So Jupiter in the eighth house. Yes, you wrote this, so I want to give you some insight into this. You know, Jupiter in the eighth house means you've got a lot of abundant energy in how you influence people. The eighth house is the house of shared resources, you know, sex, birth, death, transformation. You know, the eighth house is the house of power. So the good news is if you've got Jupiter there, it means you've got power. You have very, very strong influence. Your ability to be optimistic, philosophical, positive in that way can be uh, expansive and can influence people in a very, very beneficial way. But what we say is always be aware that, you know, Jupiter is kind of a funny planet because it can also be where we're indulgent, where we push things too much, where we're almost too confident at some level. But I always think that the good news about Jupiter is even when you push your buttons or push other people's buttons too much with Jupiter and being so larger than life, you still kind of land on your feet with Jupiter. I have it in my first house, literally conjunct my ascendant. Most people that know me can pretty much piece that together. Uh, truly an optimist in the best possible sense and uh, a lot of enthusiasm, a lot of energy. It's had a fair amount of charisma in that sense. It's in Taurus too. But uh, you know, I, sometimes I'm, you know, I, I overreach. I, I, I do too much. I take too much on. I, I, <laughs> I, 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 I'm a little too expansive at some levels. You can see some of that effect with Jupiter in the eighth house for, for people natally. Uh, again, you really can influence, you know, others in that way, but you've got to look at doing it in a, in a positive, productive kind of a way. Okay. So thank you for being willing to share that. Uh, anyone else, if you want to type something in the chat room, I can comment on that uh, potentially as well too. But I'm going to actually go to the phone lines here because I've got a couple of calls. Um, I'm going to be able to take probably three or so phone calls today uh, for a five-minute mini-reading if you've got a specific question. Um, Call-in number here is 646 uh, if you want to call in, again, I should be able to get to maybe three, uh, three people today. I've got to keep these down to about five minutes or so. Uh, but I'm going to take my first caller here. Again, that call in number 646-200-3966. Always remember that, guys, some shows I don't take live calls. Always take live calls in the astrology show. That's a good 
uh, show to tune into for this specific purpose. So, all right, let me take my first patient caller here. 928, welcome to Snake Oil Radio. Yes, hello. Hello. Hi. Hi. How are you? Uh, good. What's your name? Alfina. Alfina? All right. Yes. That sounds like a familiar name. Have you called in before? Mm, I think I have. Right. I was going to say, your name sounds familiar just because it's fairly unique. But <laughs> I may have talked to another Alfina as well, too. I'm not, no, it's unique, but not, you know, you're not the only one with that name. And that's, do you know what your name means? Um, No. Okay, I, I don't specifically know. I, of course, I could probably find out. But I was just curious if you do sometimes, uh, you know, unique names. Because I know my, my last name is Ventura. That's my last name, though. And it means the lucky one in, in Spanish, actually. And in Italian, it means your destiny. So it's always kind of interesting sometimes to – I just recommend this. Sometimes check out what your name means. It's often really pretty cool when you find it out. A, little, a lot of times you'll feel a little click come into play when you check out what a name means. And that's as easy as going and Googling it online. Uh, okay, Athena, tell me, do you have a specific question you want to ask about? Uh, yes, I'm sort of stuck between two relationships right now, and I'm wondering which one is, um, like, like better for me. Okay, um, so let me, uh, I mean, this is a great question, and, and very apropos <laughs> for this Mars retrograde, by the way, because I just think everyone's dealing with relationship stuff at one level or another. Um, so you can either, and if you want to name them, Give them a you know a first name possibly, or you can just say person one or person two if you don't want to get that that specific. And then I'm gonna then I'll kind of um, pick up some. Dale and Ryan. Dale and Ryan. Yeah. Okay. All right. So what I'm gonna do is I'm going to pull. Um, I've got these very cool oracle that I use sometimes for people. They're color cubes, and they tap into the energy of the person and the situation to color. So I'm going to actually do this for you and see what we get here. Um, Okay, so brown intensified for Bill. And let's see what we get with Ryan. Oh, his name is Dale, not Bill. Dale? (laughs) Dale. Like Dale Earnhardt? Okay, gotcha. (laughs) Energy the same, but uh, right. Uh, Okay, so. Who's Bill? Uh, okay, and this is great. So I, this is a really, these are fun oracles to work with. So be, I don't think I've ever done this on the show before, so I'm glad I'm able to kind of do this with you. So when I rolled the color cube on, on Dale, it came up brown intensified. And when I rolled it on Ryan, it came up violet. So let me tell you what we kind of get here. You know, brown intensified usually means like brown is a color of security. But when it comes up intensified, it can indicate like almost too much of that or too little of it at some level. So what we find is, you know, at a very practical level, it can suggest that this person may be dealing with, you know, financial or practical issues at some level, either in a good way or a heavy-handed way. You know, and almost what I pick up on around this is I feel like what I'm hearing intuitively is you may have some insecurity about this in that sense and whether it's necessarily the right fit at some levels. Um, because that's typical with brown intensified. It means, like, sometimes it can mean, like, you're making the decision because you're wanting security, but you're not necessarily sure whether you have it in some ways here. So let me start off there. And then the next color, then the color that I rolled for Ryan came up violet. You know, 
what violet means is violet means that whatever the relationship is, it, it means it's sort of almost like it's higher self-directed. It means that there is a purpose to this at a deeper level. That means that you, you did come together for some spiritual growth and for some, um, you know, for some definitely evolution of your own soul at some level. Usually there can be circumstances or things around it that have some kind of deeper meaning or purpose behind it in that sense. So here's what I'm also getting. I pulled an angel card for you on this particular question. And what came up is the angel's name is Adriana. And that means that you're, you know, you're kind of going through a thing here where you're not exactly sure which road you should be taking. But what I'm hearing from your guides is it feels to me like I don't, uh, you're going to laugh at the answer to this. I don't want you to make a decision yet. In other words, I feel like you guys are saying to me, it's almost like you're researching still and figuring out what the right fit is and that you don't really necessarily want to jump the gun on a decision-making process. But I actually hear within the next couple of weeks or so, you're going to get total clarity about this. It won't be a debate. You'll know which direction to go. Uh, does that make sense? Um, uh, <clears throat> yeah, it does, because right now I'm sort of not speaking to Dale uh, he and I, we were, we were in a relationship, and right. uh, we had a sort of disagreement, well, not necessarily disagreement, but um, a situation happened, and that's kind of his thing. He sort of, like, runs away, and he hides. Yeah. Like, he withdraws in himself, and that's one of the right. biggest things I have an issue with him about. And as far as Ryan goes, um, he's been in my my life for, like, years, and I do have, like, a very strong connection to him. I was told that before, too, that there was... Right. um, Yeah, so it's like right now I'm just kind of um, confused. Yeah, I can see where the confusion is. And, and, you know, it sounds like Dale... I don't want to say he's specifically a Pisces, but I know it's a Pisces. No, he's, um, he's a Cancer. He's Cancer. You know, here's the thing. Positive pole of Cancer is I feel. Those are very sensitive. The negative is I brood which is a tendency to kind of pull back to retreat and to brood or get stuck on things sometimes, you know, at, at some level. Those notices about the cancers. Um, so what I'm hearing is I think that, um, I think that you, you've got some karma to work out with Dale, but I think this pulling away thing is very frustrating to you, and I feel like the relationship with Ryan has the potential to grow in a more harmonious way. But again, what you guys are saying to me is it's actually – I don't think you're going to have to choose so much. I think the path is going to become really clear to you in the next couple of weeks. So that's what your your guys are saying to me is you'll know um, I've, definitively. I've actually What's been in this position before uh, with these two you, same you, people, and it's absolutely. kind of like yeah. uh, I don't know. You know, like with Dell, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of things I like about him. I mean, we're not right. exactly alike or anything, but. I think that was what kind of balanced us out. And the thing about that is, like, the relationship, I'm going to have to make a lot of sacrifices to be with him, which is, like, a lot of change. And I kind of – I'm afraid of that. And with Ryan, it's like we get along very great. Like, we're kind of alike in a lot of ways. But when it comes to, um, like, disagreements, I'm usually the one that – ends up having to say, I'm sorry, and I am the one that has to give in because he's an Aries. 
so it's like right. he never, <laughs> he never. Yeah, said yeah. I, that, well, that's funny. Yeah. Cause that's a joke I would say because my mom was Aries and she's still she's eighty one years old. I don't think she's ever apologized for anything in her life. They always just move forward. Yeah. They don't apologize. <laughs> But, you know, what I'm kind of hearing is, again, I think you're going to make the decision, you're going to make the choice, but a lot of this really has, it really rests within you in the way where you, you know, a lot of this is to be able to negotiate in relationship without getting swindled, you know what I mean, in that sense, and knowing how to maneuver these guys as well, to, again, really appropriate for the Mars retrograde. So I think you're going over a lot of this stuff again, but that's what I'm hearing don't make a decision about it. Understand that you're still collecting information. And in the next couple of weeks, I think you're going to get a real clarity about this. So be okay. patient with the process, okay? So kind of just like leave it alone and don't really bother. Yep. Like Absolutely. Not you don't have to make this. Exactly. You don't, you know, okay. here's, here's the mantra that I'm hearing for you. Um, what is yours will come to you. It'll, it'll almost be clearer in that way. It's going to be the, you know, finding the path of, of least resistance. And I think you'll understand you need them to say and do the right thing, too, at some levels and to give some healthy concessions. And the one who does that will be the right one. Okay? Okay. Well, thank you so much. Awesome. You're welcome. Thanks for calling in. All right. Very good question. And, boy, talk about thank you for sharing that like you were about that most literal example of um, Mars retrograde in Libra. I keep seeing this all around me, like people going through these things, and I'm just like, guys, you have no idea how blatant the astrology is. The only reason I'm not going through any of this stuff personally myself is because I'm not in a relationship right now, but I am processing a lot of relationship issues as well, too, so it's very funny. All right. I think uh, we're probably going to actually be able to get one more call here. So let me take this other caller. Freudo, welcome to Snake Oil Radio. Hey, Jim, it's Mike. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm good. Uh, quick question for you. You're kind of chopping in and out a little bit. Um, uh, oh, and, you know, okay. It's okay, now you're clear. Okay, tell me what you need. Can you hear me now? Again. Yeah. Yeah, oh, okay. yeah, this is Mike. Mike, all right, Mike. I see you're you're 480, so you're you're a Arizona resident. I'm guessing, right? I am. I've I've had a reading for you from you at your place uh, months ago. Oh, that's right. Okay, all right. So how are you doing? Good, good. I'm uh, I'm moving to uh, Ventura, California. <laughs> Very good. Very good. Yeah, and uh, went went for a visit and figured, oh wow, yeah. This, I'm gonna. Uh, a friend of mine lives up in Ojai, which is 20 minutes uh, into the mountains, and uh, I was like, and opportunities just kind of fell into place. Um, you know, synchronicity. So I was like, damn, this is cool. Um, but I wanted to kind of get some insight on uh, with my business. I've got uh, a few deals going, and just kind of wanted to see if uh, we're talking some, um, you know, new or uh, you know, in the very near future uh, payday. Right. In terms of these two deals, that's what the question's about? Yeah. Yeah. You know what? Here's what I have to tell you here, too. I, 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 I definitely get – I really get a really good flow about your energy right now where things are going. So you, you don't have to worry. You're, you're in a really good space in terms of right. the move, the change, where things are going, where they're happening. So that's what I'm hearing. You have nothing to worry about. Don't get caught up in, in any, any anguish about that particular process. Because I know the move, the change, of course, financial issues come up, all kinds of things surface in our psyche. But, you know, when you're meant to do something and things click into place in the universe, you know, I was just actually talking to, to a client about this. 
rather than worry about whether you'll make enough money, whether you're going to be successful. It's more about really tapping into the idea of doing what you're meant to do and allowing the universe to take care of you in the sense of knowing yep. that you're supposed to have money and you're supposed to be comfortable and you're supposed to live well and, and to trust in that process. So I pulled um, an angel card, and I want to read this to you first. And what I'm hearing is I definitely see a lot of things in motion around you, and I'm definitely feeling like a lot of it's coming to fruition um, very soon. But let me tell you what the angel card is saying, and it'll give you some insight into the answer to this. The angel's name is Azaray. And she says, your desired outcome will occur in the very near future. Have patience and faith and don't try to force it to happen. Additional messages, yes, you will receive your wish. However, divine timing means that patience and positive visualization are needed right now. Ask me to help buoy your faith so that you don't slip into negativity. You can speed up the process of answered prayers by having more faith in their inevitability. Conversely, doubts or worries about how your prayers will be answered will slow them down. Remember that the how of answered prayers is up to the divine wisdom of the Creator. But though you may feel an urgency or even panic about your prayers, please trust that we angels are working nonstop behind the scenes to help you. Keep surrendering and releasing these worries and fears to God and the angels. The more that you can stay centered in faith, the more easily we can assist you. So this is a great little kind of reinforcement reminder of, of what I'm kind of feeling here. I, I keep, even when I, when I got your call the first thing that popped into my, my mind is I, I heard that the things that were happening were sort of almost inevitable, meaning that's right. the way that it was going to go. And I'm feeling that with the business decisions, I feel like you've got a couple of choices to make, but I'm also getting that feeling too. Like it's almost like it feels like there's a couple of things that in essence are in the works still. So that's kind of the trick is to not get caught up in the trap of worrying about whether it's going to happen or whether you have to force it. It's more like what you guys are saying to me is there's a lot of energy about. It just feels like you're really plugged into taking care of the details now. Like it's just, I keep getting almost an image of crossing the T's and dotting the I's at this point. Yeah. This, um, that that's all you're the, going to do. Yeah, with one of the deals, uh, I mean, literally it should have been a five to seven day transaction. Right. And we're in week 10. And the yeah. client, you know, was, you know, he would hand over the information, great, everything like that. And he's apparently, he won't, he's Panamanian. And, you know, so that male machismo, whatever, is I'm in charge, I'm doing this. And yeah. we've got a lot of, like, financial, like, doctors, like, you know, like people with doctorate degrees in, in the financial right. world. Who, who I've said on multiple occasions, you may want to kind of tell them exactly what's going on. They're pretty smart. They can help. You know, right. and, and, and so it's just been, and finally he sent us another letter, you know, basically, hey, you know, we'll our bank in Australia will receive what we're waiting for and this, that, and the other. I'm like, well, what makes this different than any of the other six times over the, the past ten weeks is that this is going to be true. Right. You know, so like it, you know, said, feel, I think it's more dotting yeah. the I's and crossing the T's on, on here. Yeah, part. because <laughs> I, feel like, I, I feel like there was almost a little bit of an element of a purposeful stall there. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, it, you know, I mean, I think that's what you're sensing, but it's also because they still want it to come together. 
But that's what I yeah. feel like. They had to recapitulate the resources, figure out another way. So I think what you okay. did is you smelled a little bit of bullshit here. Excuse my French. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. A little bit of bullshit here. But in the larger picture, it's really not. I Meaning it's still going to kind of come together. Because I, I pulled a rune for you, and it came up the harvest rune, which means to ah. be patient because it feels like it's taking a long time, but that you are, that this is, you know, the pot of gold is coming. You're going to be able to pull this off. You've just got to be patient with the process. Okay. Oh, I, I, and I pretty much detached from it just because it's gone so long. But I just get my yeah. the guys higher up than me do this, do that, and I'm just kind of right. Like, it is. You know, you know it's, it's almost like when you write, you pull your energy off it, and then it sort of solves. It's kind of an interesting kind of a thing. Just try to you know reel your energy back from it in that way. All right. Yeah, I mean, because I'm expecting it, and then that payday, and I'm like, oh, how great would this be? And then, I mean, and then, okay, well, that was disappointing, so why more? Exactly. You get into a little bit of the 11th hour stuff, but you'll make it. You will. And I, I, cool. I do I see a lot of abundance kind of coming through. This. It has to do with the move and the change. You'll be able to do it. It's just going to be tight in, in the maneuvering process, but, but not for long. All awesome. Right? Awesome. Excellent. Thank you so much. I appreciate Thank it. Thank you for calling in. Thanks for the update as well. Best of luck with your transition. It's awesome. Very good. Thanks, Jim. All appreciate right. it. You're welcome. Looks like we're finished with our time here. Thank you, guys. Thanks for the calls, um, and thanks for all of my uh, my chat room comments as well to MD Wish Wipeout. Thanks for, for joining me today. Everyone else has jumped in and out. Uh, I will be back on here again next week. Uh, i got to figure out. I haven't decided which show I'm going to do yet, but I think I'm going to do kind of an intro class show. I've got to figure that out. I'll figure that out in the next couple of days. But uh, again, thank you for joining me today, everybody. Uh, happy Easter, if that has a relevance to you. And thank you again for the calls and everyone for tuning in. And uh, have a great weekend. Cheers.